This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After waiting for this game since August, it's finally here. This is it. Don't get scared now. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and welcome to the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're live every Thursday, 8 o'clock on YouTube. And if you can't join us then, we're available on demand on video and podcast afterwards. And after a two-day break, Sebastian Brown, we are back and we are sweating cobs because we're wearing christmas jumpers whose stupid idea was that by the way i'm sure it was yours it was yours definitely yours should we wear christmas jumpers rich <laughs> that your words I'm playing the back a, a really accurate impression as well to be fair yeah it's a bit it's a bit warm isn't it i've got the light on me and yeah if you start to see the sweat pouring down at the 30 minute mark uh yeah just i, I might have to turn the light off it's a little bit toasty what's your it's star toasty. wars yeah i've got yeah merry sithmas or something like that okay i'm, um, I'm on form yeah. i've got You've got, yeah, I need someone to get me an upgraded Ipswich Town Christmas jumper. Hopefully Stanta will oblige. We are here to talk about them lot. We're here to talk about the East Anglian derby. I'm going to see how long it is before I say the word, Seb. And uh, championship predictions. We're also going to give away, uh, in, a, in partnership with our mates at the ground, we're going to give away two breakfast baps. Uh, you can head to the ground, early plug for the ground. You head there pre-match from 10 o'clock. The bar will be open at 10 o'clock on Saturday. We will be there, Seb. So we'll give away two um, breakfast baps to two um, members of the chat. I don't know what we're going to do to 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 earn it, but we'll figure it out as we go along. Maybe stick something in the chat, something memorable in the chat, and we'll um we'll see what's going on there. Talking of the chat, uh, let's see what we've got there. Um, here we go. It's starting. Said well, seventy nine CPS. We smash them. Uh, Elliot, get the pre chat hyped. Let's go. Uh, joining us over on Telegram. Great to have you with Elliot, FBL Tractor. Who are we playing this weekend? Yeah, we'll we'll, um, we'll give you all the details you need to know. FBL Tractor. Um, just another game in the championship. Uh, Mullet is here. Evening lads. Thumbs up if you hate Leeds or them lot. Um, and Benjamin's here from Ben's video. Thanks for joining over here. Benjamin, um, enjoyed championship checking with Sam and Ben earlier. Definitely recommend that. Uh, Isaac's any good for watching the game on Saturday? I suspect 
So the plow, Seb, any recommendations for venues to watch the game if people aren't able to get to uh, Portman Road? Um, stick them in the chat as well. John is here. Bring on Saturday up the expletive town. 100 points, 100 goals already in the bag this calendar year. Andreas is here. Nick is here. Rob is here. Good evening, everyone. Nerves are starting to kick in now. We owe them. Uh, Mark is here. Let's get on and at them. Time to send them home saying beaten by a very good side. Yep. Um, Sean's here quoting uh, someone whose name I shan't mention. Where are you? Let's be having you. A lot of good stuff in the chat. Um, Andy here, looking forward to this pod. Tim's here, packed, backpacked for an early getaway from Plymouth tomorrow. Um, Matt's here, Nick's here, double Nick's, and here's Colin. We will win. Full stop, everyone. You've heard it here first. Um, so he's expecting at least one of Rich and Seb to have blue and white. Fa- oh, we're disappointed. Christmas jumpers is all we could do for you, Matt. Ashley's here, though. Um, great stuff, everyone. We will get to as many of you as we can. Before we get into the kind of, well, we'll do a bit of a news roundy up, be a bit like we usually do, Seb. How, how are your emotions after Wednesday? Obviously, a big win on Tuesday night. Good to go into this game on the back of two away, really tough away games and six points. How was your emotions as of Thursday night when we record? Well, I'm a lot calmer than I was on the podcast 48 hours ago. We you were haven't said like, the F-bomb yet. So I haven't sworn. Part. No, we're four minutes in. I think I swore after three minutes last time. So I'm doing better than I did, than I did on a Tuesday night. Yeah, obviously, brilliant performance to go into the back of this game on. Uh, the fact we went to Borough and won, the fact we went to Watford and won, obviously means that we've managed to do the hard work. And this is certainly not a free hit, but it takes the pressure off us a little bit. Had we not got the results, we've already previously clocked up. I'm very calm going into the game, to be honest with you. I have complete faith in McKenna as we all obviously do I'm not overly concerned at 255 on on Saturday I'll probably be slightly different um but as of this point no I am I am calm I've done my usual research we've done the usual rhythm and routine we always do we were discussing in the green room saying you know we've been doing this now for for three years we've done big games we've done insignificant games we've done boring games this is the first time we've ever done the East Anglian derby so it feels feels a little bit different um but but my overall emotion I would say is 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 calmness and I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it because as we'll discuss, I'm sure at some point, it's been so long, you know, so often these games just filled me with dread and, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd sometimes get excited about what we could possibly be and we'd inevitably be disappointed at the end. So yeah, I'm excited, but I'm calm, if that makes sense. Yeah, we've got a lot of people making the trip over as well. Definitely a bit of a pilgrimage feels very appropriate this time of year. Uh, but hello to folks in Melbourne, Chile. Um, uh, and he's coming over from Boston. He's saying straight off the train overnight to walk into the Orange game. So good, all, good luck with that. Uh, yeah, a good shout from Nick here. Seb, you are going to turn up at... Oh, yeah. yeah thanks, yeah. mate. Yeah. Good good point. I messed that one up a little bit, didn't I? Yeah. Shed loads of research. Shed loads of research. <laughs> and forget the kickoff time. Come on, Seb. We can do it. Uh, so yeah, we'll come to the chat throughout. Give us your thoughts, folks. Uh, we will do predictions at the end, so hold on to those. And um, someone's already said they love BAPs. So that's the kind of thing that's going to win you a Greyhound breakfast if you want one of those. So keep those in mind as well. In terms of bits and pieces of news, Seb, two, two very brief bits. One is ITFC fans supporting food banks. Again, doing amazing work. And they've got a Derby Day appeal, haven't they? It's kind of a bit of cross-funding going on, yeah. isn't it? Arms across the border, isn't it, kind of thing? 
Yeah, as as we've said in the past, you know, the work these guys do is absolutely phenomenal. There was a collection at the Coventry game, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. So it's not a uh, a normal collection. What they've done is they set up a couple of GoFundMe pages, one for us town fans and one for them lots over the border. And basically, if you can, yeah, please do help out. It's it's it, obviously it's cash donations this time, and I'm sure they'll run a, a tally at the end of it, and we can see how much great work's been done by both sets of fans to help those in need that need it this this kind of time of year. So it's at itfc underscore fsf for all the details details and the links for the respective pages click on the ipswich one and if you're in a position to do so please donate generously and uh, and, and help people out if you can because it's a really great work those guys do yep um michael from australia veggie might or marmite on the pre-match bat. marmite every day of the week I, do you know what i'd rather have a marmite bat than a bacon bat to be honest Shut I, love up. I love marmite uh, that is I nonsense everyone love Take that on your my, podcast my biggest worry i got covid a couple of years ago my, my biggest concern was for about three weeks afterwards i couldn't taste marmite and i was gutted i was absolutely gutted but thankfully it all returned i haven't been able to taste marmite for well given the bbc's outed me today I haven't been able to taste marmite for 40 years because it, it, don't even get near it um ITFC women are in cup action. A second attempt after the blooming pitch at Felix Stowe let us down, or the weather let us down, to be more accurate. Uh, so excited to take on Championship Lewis again, the welcome back of Anna Gray, Sarah Bracero, Carrera as well. So a week off for the Tracks girls. Hopefully they'll be up and ready for this one and looking to get through to the next round against uh, Charlton, Championship Charlton, um, Freya Godfrey's current side and uh, FPL's in the chat, uh, his local team as well. So get down to the AGL, 1 p.m. kickoff. I can confirm the kickoff for folk. Don't turn up at 2, 1 p.m. I'm pretty certain it's 1 p.m. Um, Matt might need to help me out in the chat. So yeah, do get down and get tickets in advance if you're listening to this before Friday at midday. Otherwise, turn up on the day, get involved, bang the drum, sing a song, and hopefully into the fourth round we go. Right, Seb, um, I'm putting this off no more. Let's talk about them lot. Um, you've given your emotions. My emotions is very similar, and, and this is kind of how I imagine things to be um, at Portman Road or Playford Road at the moment, which is we've just got to do what we usually do on Saturday, admittedly, usually at three o'clock, but 1230 um, professionalism is, and that is what we want. And generally this season, when we've done that, we've won matches. So don't change anything basically. And so the format for the pre-match show is going to be very similar. We will do our usual structure. We will give them lot the respect they deserve in terms of giving you the details and the insights. And then we'll, um, and then we'll, and then it'll help break, we'll break loose for the second half of the show. Uh, give us your, your submarine summaries, submarines, submarines of, of the summary of, of, yeah, the team up the road. Well, I think the term not a happy home life is probably the best way to to describe it. Obviously, they are now a year two parachute uh, payment club. So they, they, they came down last year. If you've been in the Premier League for one season, you get two years with the payments. Last year was their year one. This year is their uh, the year two. So it's kind of almost in the, the the you know, we have to get out of the league this year or we're going to find ourselves in a real pickle. And I, I think that's kind of been the basis for their transfer strategy, which we'll discuss shortly. So, you know, they had so many years, didn't they, of selling assets, James Madison, Ben Godfrey, you know, they would find ways to, to, to kind of buy younger talent or develop talent internally, get good money for it, and then just storm the league and then make a fairly pathetic, pitiful attempt to stay in the Premier League, get relegated with an awful defence and an awful points tally, and then just, just, just win the league again. So it's kind of what they did for the last few years. But obviously last year, it all kind of went wrong for them. And now their losses are mounting up. Their accounts have come out. They're not in a good place financially. And then you add the the, the the fact that they've kind of got this situation with the the sporting director and David Wagner. So he's still in post at the moment. 
moment. They have this weird scenario where Stuart Webber puts his notice period in and agrees to, to stay on and ease the transition for Ben Napper to come across from Arsenal, which we all joked and said probably makes David Wagner one of the safest roles in the in the league at the moment because there's nobody in the building to sack him. You know, Stuart Webber's not going to sack his mate. Ben Napper's not arrived yet to sack him. We all kind of expected he would. Be a, uh, there'd be a corner flag kind of statement the day <laughs> after Ben Napper was appointed, and it didn't happen. And they have picked up recently. You know, a few weeks ago, this is this is this is probably you know a slightly more a slightly more difficult encounter on Saturday than it would have been a few weeks ago when they were in their, one of their awful runs. But the pressure is on. Yeah, well, I guess we're all expecting a, a managerial change at some point in a year two parachute side with an aging squad. So it'll be interesting to see what they do for the rest of the season and how quickly that change is made. It might be made as quickly as, you know, a heavy defeat on Saturday. We don't know. But for now, it's this, the last two years, sorry, the last three years, I guess, including the Premier League season, certainly haven't gone to plan. Yeah, and and there's no real excuses for it either. I think there's a lot of envious eyes at Norwich when we were under, I've used the M word, there you go, finally, um, 11 minutes in. Um, a lot of envious eyes when we were under Evans and and basically, you know, haplessly run rather than maliciously badly run, but just terrible decisions were commonplace at, at Ipswich. And then Delia had Weber and parachute money and Premier League money and just seemingly just couldn't figure out a strategy to make them a credible Premier League outfit. They just needed to finish, was it 17th once? And I think it's a game changer for them. And yeah. No pun intended. But you have to say, given, you know, we've been apart for a few years and whenever we played them since 2009, we've come off the bottom of it. They've generally been well managed, but just don't have the seemingly not have the wherewithal to, to punch through that ceiling. That and, and you kind of feel like when we meet together on Saturday, we've been down to League One. Um, we've had our medicine, we've had a takeover, we've got a manager in, we're very upwardly mobile. But it does kind of feel like a bit of a one of these crossroads that send, tends to happen at East Anglian derbies. It'd be really interesting to see, but I kind of feel like if I'm a Norwich fan, I'm, I'm quite entitled to be a bit mardy with the ownership and maybe Napa's going to change things. Um, and the managerial appointments, similarly, don't really seem to have had any strategy or plan behind me. We'll talk more about Wagner later on. So... Is an interesting kind of point in Norwich's recent history, isn't it? And yeah, uh, it, it kind of maybe has happened at a good time in terms of playing us. I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. Talk to us about state of play, where where they stand in the league table and, and recent form, because you said a bit of an uptick after Wagner had come under serious pressure. Yeah, we all assumed he would have gone, you know, that awful winless run they had. Um, but he has turned it around in recent weeks. So after last night, the 3-1 home victory over Sheffield Wednesday last night, they currently find themselves 11th in the table, 30 points. They've won nine games so far this season, drawn three and lost nine. They have a neutral goal difference. They've scored 37 and they've conceded 37. Now, the 37 goals they've scored is the third highest in the league after ourselves, obviously, and Leicester, averaging 1.8 per game. So it's a side that does score goals equally the 37 goals they've conceded is the second most in the league after bottom of the table Rotherham. So, yeah, they are okay at one end and okay at the other end. Sorry, okay at one end in terms of scoring goals, but very open and pretty poor at the back. And you, you're simply not going to get anywhere with a with a neutral goal difference, are you? They had a strong start to the season. It was a bit annoying, wasn't it? And we had a brilliant start to the season. I remember sitting on here Thank with a... Uh, yeah, I remember sitting on here with a podcast with Ben, one of the early preview shows of the season, and we were discussing the predictions, and he said, Norwich are quite good, aren't they? And I was like, yeah, annoyingly they are. They won four and drew one of the first five games of the season. Then there was a bit of a shock defeat to Rotherham. Now, we know Rotherham are pretty decent at home, 
to be fair. You know, we went there and we got a point. Don't um, big up Rotherham too much. Don't know we drew no, but at, ho- at home, they're a different beast, yeah. aren't they? At, at, at the New York Stadium, whatever it's called, they are a different beast. They lost there and that set them off on this awful run of form. It was one win in the next 11 and that's when we all assumed Wagner would go at some point. Obviously, however, the fact that they had kind of an interim sporting director waiting for somebody else to come and replace him means that no one, no one was there to pull the trigger. Since then, things have improved. 2-0 down away to Cardiff, end up winning it 3-2. And that equally, you know, we spoke about streaky Lee Johnson in the past, for example. That has set them off on this kind of decent run of form in the last six. That The form of the last six games is the fourth best in the league with four wins, a draw, a nil-nil draw, a home to Preston last weekend, and a defeat, Watford away. Winning at Watford away isn't for everybody, as I see you've noted in the script. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a strange season. Started really well awful run in the middle didn't do anything didn't didn't you know they didn't they didn't sack the manager didn't do anything like a normal club would do and things have started to, to turn around a little bit so it's very strange away from home they're not the best 11 points from 10 games is pretty average it's the 15th best in the league but like they score goals overall they do score a lot of goals away from home 21 goals scored on the road is the joint highest along with Leicester however like I said previously the 25 goals they've conceded away from home is the second highest after Rotherham so they, yeah, they will score goals away from home, but they will let in a hell of a lot as well. And they've only kept one clean sheet away from Carrow Road so far this season. There may be goals in this one then. And last about away was a, a kind of a sneaky 2-1 victory at Bristol City, I believe. Um, Adam Eder, I think, scored a, a late goal there. Very late, wasn't it? Yeah. Liam Manning still not really getting Bristol City any kind of consistent form at the moment. So, you know, we'll talk about who they tend to beat in a second. But in action on Wednesday night, um, it may be helpful for us to have played 24 hours earlier, perhaps. But yep. uh, for them, I guess a confidence-boosting win and, and, an, and an impressive debut, or at least an impressive first start for someone in particular, Seb. Talk to us about Sheffield Wednesday win. Yeah, 3-1 victory at Carrow Road last night over Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday have improved in recent weeks. I'm not sure it's a result to be kind of sniffed at. Yeah, the, the, the opening goal was lovely. Borja Sainz with his first strike of the season. He's, uh, he's signed in the summer from a Turkish club. Plays on the on the left-hand side. Lovely. Say, what did I say? You said Sainz. It is Sainz, isn't it? Science. Come on, oh, Science. Whatever. Um, he, uh, is, he's oh, just lovely... to be clear, everyone, this is. I think this might be the last uh, you and me on the pre-match before... Christmas, which is why we're in the Christmas jumpers. So I'm going to go all guns blazing on pronunciations and all sorts tonight. I, right, we've okay. got to play pre-match show bingo, haven't we? For right, okay. So yeah, signs. Keep going. Signs. Lovely opening goal from Borgia Signs on his first yeah. start of the season. Uh, XG wasn't as high as the scoreline suggested. 1.6 XG for Norwich versus 1.51 for Sheffield Wednesday. Only 48% possession. And then this shot, this this stat shocked me. Norwich had 12 shots. Sheffield Wednesday had 21 shots. Now, I think there's only five or six on target. But yeah, 21 shots. Maybe sort of stand up and think, oh, this could be this could be fun on Saturday. When I was watching it last night, I watched the first two thirds of the game. They were very open, I thought, through the middle. And I just kept sort of thinking the big the big pockets of space the likes of Volks and Barry Bannon and stuff were picking up and I could just picture you know Luongo moving slightly forward Chaplin dropping slightly deeper into the space and thinking yeah that's that's the reason they've conceded 25 goals away from Carrow Road because they seem to be very very open in the middle I thought yeah Michael here saying that the the wingers that came in maybe don't track us back as much as they might certainly they as as much as Burns does for example um Eric uh, we've got to say thank you to David continuing to support the podcast appreciate you David thank you for the super chat you can do likewise if you're watching on YouTube there's a little button in the chat box to do that but otherwise as we always say uh, a thumbs up would be really appreciated as well and nudge us up the algorithms all that dark artsy stuff that we always talk about as well so thank you and uh, thank you once again David uh, we really appreciate you there um 
talk to us about the, the nature of the teams that Norwich tend to win and lose against then said because you can read a lot into a win against Sheffield Wednesday if you want to but it's kind of typical that maybe they get the points against the teams that you'd expect them to and maybe struggle against the teams higher up fair that's the story of their season isn't it yeah you know they've had defeat so far against Leicester Leeds Blackburn Sunderland or Watford and us to come on Saturday obviously um but their their, their, their wins have been Birmingham Stoke Millwall Huddersfield QPR and Sheffield Wednesday last night. So they're, this is why they'll probably finish somewhere between, I don't know, ninth and 15th in the table, I would probably imagine, at the end of the year. They, they beat the sides, flat-track bullies for the sides below them they should beat, given the the kind of playing squad they've got. But when they come up against teams who are, you know, maybe a more advanced manager tactically, a better patterns of play, younger uh, younger players, they do tend to struggle. And that's why they've got a, you know, a neutral goal difference. And that's why they probably will finish in mid-table, because they're just not good enough to beat the sides consistently challenging at the top of the table and they do but they do beat the ones they should beat which is why they'll finish I reckon yeah like I said somewhere around mid-table yeah well it's going to be an as I said it's, an, it's a real crossroads kind of point for the moment Not, their season isn't decided on the weekend just as much as it isn't for us as well but let's talk about the owners and and uh, David Wagner for a second step we, we, we talk about last season and then missing out on the playoffs and all that kind of stuff but really the talk is of the ownership someone's already asked us about the situation the state of play there with the takeover which is pending obviously Napa has come in but David Wagner is is got a one-year rolling contract and I always yep. kind of think when a manager is given a one-year rolling contract there's one or two things at play either the manager is out of their league and he's kind of doing them a favor and hedging his bets that he can make an impression then get a job somewhere else or it's the other way around the club have all the power and they think they might be able to do better and particularly because it's a club that should be expecting to challenge for top six it's an easy thing to to fire him I don't know whether they can fire him until the 6th of January which is when I think the contract was signed so I don't think anything changes for him until January and then they may have money to spend because they're a parachute club so it's a really Weird time for Wagner, weird time for Norwich. Kind of take us through what the state of play is and try and give us your take on whether Wagner's a kind of a dead man walking anyway or whether he might still be in charge come the end of January. Uh, well, I think the one-year rolling contract means it's automatically one year from the date of... That's how I read a one-year rolling contract. So I think his contract would expire one year from today, and that's how it how it works. That's how I see a one-year rolling contract. So there's not going to be much compensation to kind of pay him off. I, I figured it was a one-year deal because Weber knew he was going to leave. So, you know, he, he fires Dean Smith last season. He picks up his mobile. He rings his mate, brings him in. He probably says to him, look, I'm going to go in a year's time. So we'll put you on a year-by-year a year by year deal. If you're rubbish, you'll get a year's payoff uh, if the new guy doesn't fancy you. And and that's the kind of weird off the field kind of sort of state of limbo the club seems to have been been stuck in. I think it was was it summertime they announced Weber was going to depart, but he yeah. told Delia well, in March. March yeah, he told Delia in March. It was a twelve month notice period, which you know how can an organisation function like that? Because you've got the outgoing guy who isn't going to want to make any crucial decisions because you know it's not really his problem anymore. The new person's not in post yet to to kind of act on things. Delia obviously employs people to to run the football club on her behalf and and probably doesn't want to make the day to day kind of decisions like like sacking key staff members. So it's a really a really kind of strange dynamic, which has ultimately cost. You know, they they bought Ben Napper's appointment forward during this awful run of form. Um, I think it was about the the last week in November he kind of comes in. So the current situation is Delia and her husband, Wynne Jones, they own 40% of the club. 
American Mark Atanasio, who owns the Milwaukee Brewers Baseball Club, he bought in. He bought 16% a couple of years ago, and that stake was increased. It was signed off in October. I don't know if it's gone through ratification yet, but he's now increased his shareholding to 40%. Apparently, there is an agreement that Delia and, uh, and and her husband will stay in the the day to day running of the club until 2026, when presumably Atanasio will increase his, his share further, buy her out, or he'll become the you know the day to day kind of uh, operations uh, operations manager. Uh, as we said, Weber Weber was working this weird. It's probably kind is of, Weber, by the way. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Weber was working this weird twelve month notice yeah. period. Ben Knapp had scouting roles at Arsenal. He had a couple of football operation roles at Arsenal. Uh, never done the director of football role before. He's come in early. Uh, AGM a couple of weeks ago oh, where oh, Delia oh. comes out and says that, you know, 10, 10 to 20% of our fans are, are whingers and they have no idea what it takes to run a football club. And yeah, just really kind of strange off the field stuff, which I think has completely hampered them both in the transfer market. We'll discuss their their strategy. Was it a quick fix to try and get themselves up and then strategy? Yeah. And then Weber can say, you know, well, it's not my problem anymore. This is the squad you've got to work with. And I think it's really hampered them. They're losing money hand over fist. The latest accounts came out covering the period 20 to April 2022 to April 2023. And they lost 27 million quid because they haven't had that key asset they can flog. You know, in previous years, there's been a Madison, there's been a Ben Godfrey, someone they can dip into, sell on, and then reinvest sensibly and, you know, go out and get the likes of, you know, Timor Pukki for pennies, who will end up scoring 25 goals a season. It's, it's just not worked for them this season. And I guess they're probably very loath to spend much in January, given it might be a new managerial appointment. Ben Knapp has only been in post for, what, six weeks at that point. And the fact they're losing so much money means they've probably got to look to balance the books. It's probably the opposite. They're probably going to have to fight to keep hold of a couple of their players um, because bigger bigger fish will be circling, knowing the financial kind of uh, situation they're in. Here comes Farker looking for bargains to be had at Leeds, yeah, no doubt. exactly. We'll come on to the talent in a second. We'll also talk more about Wagner and just give people the once over. But everyone's going crazy in the super chat, Seb. Um, oh, so bless. we need to pause and say thank you to a lot of people who have obviously taken pity on us sweating um, our nuts <laughs> off in these Christmas jumpers, or it's the season of goodwill. Um, maybe we need to we'll give away another bap or something like that. I don't know. But firstly, Matt, thank you for the five pound super chat. We appreciate you, Matt. Um, we love you. Thank you very much for that. Um, and then I'm trying to do this in chronological order. So please shout if I've missed anyone out. Steve is then up next. Here's my Christmas present as thanks for your interesting and intelligent convos. Well, not for us to say, Steve, but you've your words and we appreciate you as well, Steve. Thank you for joining in the chat. We see you every week. Gary is here as well. Done similar. Thank you so much, Gary. Another store of this is getting very sentimental and lovey-dovey, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Of the pre-match pods and the Telegram group as well. Gary, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And then Paul's got involved as well. Fiverr, oh, thank you guys, so much, thank Paul. You. Thank you, folks. I think we're going to probably have to think about um, doing something. I think we'll, well, we'll do a donation maybe to the football uh, fan food supporting yeah. food banks thing. Um on behalf of the pod to kind of placate some of the guilt that we feel of you guys dipping your hands in your pocket. We appreciate you so much. And you guys make this show what it is as well. We do. It wouldn't mean anything if Seb and I were just talking to each other. So you guys in the chat um, and in the telegram group, all of you, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Let's talk about Wagner then Seb. Uh, we, we've kind of tried to speculate on the one year contract. I don't feel like I'm any closer in understanding that, but it is what it is. And I'm sure if they wanted to get rid of him, they could, but it just kind of feels like since Farker, they haven't really figured out a strategy of the kind of manager they want to appoint. We'll talk about Weber. Well, Weber and Wagner have kind of got a link there. It's kind of lazy, isn't it? If you kind of, um, and 
definitely talk to us about is the end of his spell at Schalke as well, because I don't think it would have but many parsnips for Norwich fans when he was linked and when he joined. But even Dean Smith before um, Wagner didn't feel like a fit. And it, it, the sacking of Wagner was, um, Farker was presumably to try to gear them up to be more successful and sticking around the Premier League. And it obviously backfired, but they don't really appear to have a strategy behind the managers they're now recruiting. And as I said, Wagner appears to be a, a kind of convenience with, with Weber in post. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I think he rang his mate and said, "Look, I need a bit of help here." I mean, it, it, it's 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 hard to remember that you know at the, at the time they fired uh, Dean Smith. Okay, there were lots of criticisms over they went out of the Premier League pretty much under a whimper. The, the the football was pretty awful by all accounts, but they were fifth. They were fifth in the league when they fired him. So you know they were in the playoffs. I, I presume they they expected autos given what they normally do when they come back down to to this level. But they they were fifth. They were doing okay. Okay, I think they were twelve points off the automatics. But they were still in a, in a relative position of strength when they sacked him. And then Wagner comes in. He gets a bit of a bounce. He's appointed in January this year, so January twenty twenty three. He wins six of his first ten, so he gives them a little bit of a of a bounce. I remember in the Telegram group, people were saying they're going to gate crash sixth on the last day of the season because they're jammy and they're going to get end up getting promoted again because it's what they do and they'll get a load more money for it but it just tailed right off the the season ended with a bit of a whimper I think it was four defeats in the last five games of the season the, the fans clearly aren't happy and yeah like you said his record since I, I think he might be a bit of a busted flush to be honest with you he's, he's, he's best known in this country for his work at Huddersfield so he goes there 2016-2017 uh, season he ends up taking them up to the Premier League Weber is his sporting director he then keeps them up for one season up there before going halfway through the next season with them eight points adrift of safety. But but since then, you know, he, he went to Schalke and Schalke got relegated. He, he set a new record. I think it was 16 games without a win at Schalke and they end up getting relegated at the end of the season. He goes to young boys in uh, in Switzerland who were the, the they were looking for their fourth league title in a row. Didn't manage to do that either, so they fired him again. And now he rocks up back at Norwich. Obviously, he's known for his time at Borussia Dortmund too, when Klopp was in charge of the Borussia Dortmund main side. But yeah, I just think that Huddersfield season aside, and fair play, keeping them up the next season, you're looking at, what, two two solid kind of years in the last eight now? Eight, nine years? Uh, seven, eight years? I think he might be a bit of a, a busted flush, to be honest with you. What's your thoughts? Now, am I being overly harsh? Because the record isn't great, is it? No, well, I, I think you have to reflect the perspective of Norwich fans as well, who seemingly all, all voted with their feet a few weeks back. And I don't think many have changed their mind since the, the slight uptick in form. I think probably if I was a Norwich fan, and I'm I'm not, thank goodness, uh, I would be looking at the calibre of players they've got, particularly the attacking players, and think this team is capable of, of so much more. And when it when you kind of ask a nice questions, I think you're looking at the manager and the tactics, which is the point you made, and maybe suggesting, you know, if you if you if McKenna had the likes of Rose, Sarah, um, Barnes, or whatever, would he would he be getting more out of this team? And I think probably, he, well, McKenna would get anything out of any team, wouldn't he? But I, I think that to me suggests that maybe his days are maybe numbered at Norwich, depending on what the situation is off the field, which obviously we're we're not massively informed about. So maybe so, um, but. You know, it's got it's got relative pedigree, and and you know, it's seemingly done something to to change their fortunes in recent weeks. So I guess we we shouldn't write him off too quickly. But Norwich fans seem to have, so that's maybe something we should reflect on. Let's we have to deal with this now. Uh, let's talk about history, Seb, and mm-hmm. in the chat um, to kind of make up for the we want light and shade here. If you want to give us your best East Anglian derby memories, be they on the field or off the field. Um, 
uh, and maybe give yourself a chance of winning a, a breakfast bat with no marmite on it um let us know in the chat but seb um it's really nicely poised overall historically as much as we've been shit like we're half an hour in now so i'll swear apologies kids um <laughs> we still got more wins overall we have, yeah, slightly. So we have 43 wins. They have 42 wins. And there's been 22 draws. That just shows how much we must have been ahead of them going into, what was it, 2009, <laughs> isn't it? How far we would be. I know there's been a fair few draws in the last few years, but the fact that we haven't beaten them for 14 years now, or whatever it is, and we're still one game ahead on the overall record shows how how poor they must have been back in the day. The the last time we played there, obviously, was the Battle of Carra Road in February 2019. 3-0 victory for Norwich. Didn't Max Aaron score after, like, three minutes or something stupid and then Paul Lambert tried to deflect the fact he was an absolutely crap manager by trying to fight half of the bench wasn't he and yeah it was it was it was painful wasn't it the the, the game earlier in that season the September under Paul Hurst I think that was the game he dropped Bart wasn't it, it was good when Gherkin yeah. came into the side a one-all draw I was quite optimistic after that I think it was it was the game before an international break and Johnny Walters was back and Guion Edwards scored with a, a deflected effort and okay we equalized but I remember them their fans were chanting Farker sort it out that mm. kind of Crossroads moment. Just, yeah, it just it just felt a little bit like, you know, or potentially we're not as far apart as we thought. And obviously we all know that season they ended up winning the league. <laughs> we ended up getting relegated. So yeah, we took one point off them in the relegation season. Our last victory, as we all know, was April 2009. Jim Magilton's final game. I think he let Roy Keane replaced him 48 or 72 hours later. 3-2 victory goals from Alan Quinn, Gio Dos Santos with a penalty, and John Stead off the bench. And obviously Norwich went down that season to uh, uh down to, to to League One. So, yeah, that was the last time, folks. April 2009. An awful lot has changed since then. Yeah, well, I, John Stead's goal I really liked in that game as well. I always loved John Stead. Massively underrated player for us. Agreed. Um, uh, what any, before we go to the chat, there's lots in the chat. Um, uh, what you any particular memories that you want to single out, Seb? Up for my era, it's the 5 0, isn't it? You know, that run of, was it Oxford 5 1, somebody else 5 0? don't know Norwich 5-0 obviously yeah the Matthew Hattrick in the first half Bobby Petter with two after the break yeah that's my override memory I also really enjoyed the do you remember under Jim I think it was Jim's second season so after the Danny Haynes handball we played them at Port I think Legwinski equalized and Danny Haynes got a couple late on yeah um, and yeah we just always seemed to to, to, to beat them back then and yeah the, the anyone like me if you're around about sort of 40 um then the it's, it's, it's the 5 nil, isn't it? let's be honest well, I presume that's yours as well yeah, the five. Well, uh, you can read my article in BBC website. Ha ha! Hark at me. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned the five nil and the first one. I, uh, I, I'm pretty certain I went to it. But the the mind starts playing tricks. Uh, was the Gary Megson goal game two one last minute? Yeah. Um, there's been a few classic own goals in that one, isn't there? Um, not least Rob Ullathorn, um, David W. Saying Brian Gunn no contest. Um, yeah, Gary Gunn or Megson. Um, Brian Gunn says 80. Uh, Cotton Socks, Danny Haynes off the bench to score two. Uh, Neil, a uh, bit of a deep cut here. Mitch Davray header in the Milk Cup semi-first leg to win the game. Cried when we lost 2-0 at Carrow Road. I think that Steve Bruce wasn't involved in that one for them. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Colin, uh, always good for a bit of history. My first East Anglian Derby was Carrow Road 3-4, 4-3. Colin Viljan Hattrick, Richardson. Lovely. Beautiful. Um, yeah, John Abbott. We'll talk more about this. The Andy Marshall <laughs> Shield at stake. Definitely didn't cover himself in glory for either team, I think, in the East Anglian Derby, if I remember rightly. Uh, Alex, I've only been to one. It was horrendous. Don't want to think about it. 
Uh, we'll move on. FBL, attractive favorite ever. Uh, the two new at Carroll Road just before Christmas. Yeah, we've got a good, fairly decent record around Christmas time, haven't we? Uh, the we haven't. I, rem- I remember Leon McKenzie at Portman Road. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, well, <laughs> back in the day, maybe more so. Uh, we've got a good, um, yeah, maybe. A, a, I, I remember the Kiwami header from the corner on Sky, wasn't it, as well? Um, hello to Jack, by the way. God, I can't be there sat there after my eye up. I'll be watching from home with your with one good eye. We wish you all the best with the speedy recovery there, Jack. Sorry you can't make the game. I think you, you're now part of the Telegram group, so hopefully the match day chat will keep you company there. Um, Michael said, just say the gun on goal. I mean, we, we need to give credit to Robert Ullathorne. Brian Gunn didn't touch the ball. Um, that's the whole point. So we need to give... And I, if anyone needs the, the a reaction gif or gif of Rob Ullathorne Rob going, uh, 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 then I can send that to you because uh, it's uh, very useful, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Chris Rand, Megson's own goal wasn't as funny as Ullathorne's, but it inspired T-shirts. Classic. Richard also mentioned in the Tudor at Carra Road, one of the tensest, most joyous games I've ever been to um, John Abbott, the Tuna at Carrow Road in 2003 when Marshall went back. And the well, yeah, so was Andy Marshall playing at Carrow Road then? Of course he was, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, yeah I re- and I remember that. Um, Darren Dean Bent, Bodich, on the minute, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Dean, Bodich Dean Bodich comes off. Craig Fleming, and Craig Fleming pulls up with a hammy, doesn't he? Yeah, and we don't stop and crosses it in. Yeah. And is it is that the Vilnius goal, I think? Yeah, Miller goes in for it. It falls to Wilms on the edge of the area, who smashes it home, and then it's Darren Bent in the last minute. Well, I think it was an assist by Bodich for that as well, wasn't it? Plays through Darren Bent, who who, who taps home. Yeah, 2-0 victory. Yeah, Ashley mentioning the closer 1-1 hurt hard. We yeah. spoke to Luke Chambers about that at the live event. Poor guy nearly had a cult moment for him in his football career, didn't he? But um, sprained my shoulder, says Matt Making in the North End bundle after Stade's goal in 2009. Ended up with a week, well, double bubble then. Ended up with a week off work. Look, I love it. Um, Michael, I remember the Boxing Day derbies in the 50s. Good for you, Michael. Love that. Um and then, yeah, Rob, remember Kunaga, last minute pen for the 1-1 draw. Scenes, hashtag scenes, Danny Haynes' handball at Carroll Road also. Good. Let's bring things up to date, Seb, because hopefully more memories, positive memories to be created on Saturday for Ipswich Town. But facing them will be um, a Norris squad kind of uh, with two kind of polar opposites in terms of age. A lot of youngsters coming through, one of which we'll talk about in a minute as well, who's already been mentioned in the chat. But the key arrivals that uh, came through the door in the summer, Seb, have dragged the average age very much the other way. So what is about the players who came in in the summer? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. 
For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Yeah, that's why I mentioned earlier. I think it was kind of a quick fix. Let's see if we can put together this this dad's army team to get us out of the league, given it's our last year of a, a parachute payment, and we'll try and pick up the pieces in the following season if we do get lucky. I mean, the average age of arrivals is just under 30 years old. Uh, 29.8 is the average age of the players they've signed. Shane Duffy, very experienced. Ex-Brighton has come in from Fulham. Ashley Barnes obviously won the league with Burnley last year. He's coming on a free transfer. Jack Stacey, the right back. Uh, he's 27. So he's a relative youth compared to the rest of them came on a free from Bournemouth Danny Bath I think we were we linked with him once or have I imagined I that so. yeah I, I think, think it's we just a name chucked around I think every now and then right okay 32 year old centre-backs coming from Sunderland Adam Forshaw 32 ex-Leeds come on a free from Middlesbrough they did spend a bit of money Christian Fashnacht came in from Young Boys 2.8 million quid so he was reunited with David Wagner uh, they signed Ujo Huang on loan from Forest. he's 31 two years old two in a row can we make it three folks and I've the chap we mentioned already. earlier Borja Sainz 22 no he can't uh, it's Borja Sainz come 22 on. years old left winger he's the kind of only one of the from? Of the arrivals from from the Turkish Super League, he's uh, he's the only one of the arrivals who kind of fit the old model they had for so many years under under Weber. You know, the, for example, signing James Madison, you know, for from Cov for a few million and looking to sell him for crazy big money with a sell on fee included. So, yeah, he was the only one. The rest of them seemed to me to be very much a kind of let's see if we can you know throw together some experience. A lot of those players there, incredibly experienced. Barnes obviously won the won the, the league with Burnley last year. Could they do that to get themselves over the line and look to kind of support this this young developing talent they've got and quite some big departures as well i mean i look at max aarons was kind of i remember linked with man united and barcelona Barcelona, apparently and we can turn down 20 to 30 million pound for him um off he goes to uh, bournemouth for eight million i think it's injured straight away um big names you know timo puku leaving as well seb um you know cult figure there obviously is good derby pedigree dare we say it as well but some big names out the door some big chunky fees but definitely more quality going out than came in probably very much so yeah i think so so you know ballymumba we discussed you know a million quid to to Plymouth, which seems crazy yeah given given the ceiling he could have after a brilliant season in league one surely you look to bring him back they've got a greek guy at left back um dimitris giannopoulos um but surely you look to give ballymumba a try you know i think they sold him relatively early in the summer i don't think it was it was a late one on deadline day or anything that just seems a really weird strategy and and a lot of the squad that was so comfortable at just walking this league you know tim cruel sam bryan timor pookie pookie uh kieran dowell they've all moved on in the summer uh, as well as a couple of big sales like you say max aarons to bournemouth for eight million quid uh andrew omad bamadeli yeah close close 12 million quid to forest so as i said earlier they lost 27 million pounds uh in the latest set of accounts so i'd imagine a few of these had eyes on you know bringing some money in to try and make the accounts look slightly better interesting to see sam byram rock up at leeds as well and get in their team he's now injured and will miss the game against us but and tim called off to luton as well but yeah some big experience leaves some experience comes in how will these players be deployed seb 
4231, that's what they, they tend to play. Been used 17 times so far this season. They're similar to us in terms of the amount of passes per kind of movement, but they're so much slower at getting the ball forward. We will attack with a lot more pace and, and we'll look to really kind of, you know, utilize the, the counter attack. And that's our major, our major strength compared to them. The fullbacks do like to get forward. The guy I just said, Demetrius Ginaolis, I think it is, uh, has three assists. Jack Stacey, the right back, has a couple of assists so far this season. They like their crosses. Average five accurate crosses per game is the highest in the league after last night's game against Sheffield Wednesday. So they, they do like, I guess if you've got, you know, I think Adam Ede is quite tall. Ashley Barnes, obviously we know he's a old-fashioned kind of target man. It makes sense if they're your focal point at the top of your attack, then you're going to want your full-backs to, to really look to get the ball into the mixer. They're not position he- possession heavy. 49% is 14th overall. 401 short passes per game is 13th. So these are kind of mid-table numbers, you know. 14 goals, however, scored from open play is the joint second highest in the league. 18 they take shots, point, don't they? Yeah, 18.4 shots per game conceded, however, uh, is the highest away from home in the league so we said earlier they've conceded 25 goals on the road and they are just letting sides shoot left right and center against them and they're crap at set pieces six goals conceded away from home at set pieces is the highest in the league that surprised me a little bit Shane Duffy's quite Mm. big Ashley Barnes I know he's been injured um but you know I seem to remember Norwich used to have a real physical kind of streak running through them it would suggest that those days maybe have gone yeah uh, yeah I'm just trying to look at the keeper situation Sangus gun isn't it um, Dangus, yeah, he had a couple of months out with injury and they played. They he's not the biggest the either, is he? Oh, he's quite no. slight. He's not like big imposing character like his dad was. Um, maybe that's a fact. But yeah, seems very open, unnecessarily so. Take a lot of shots, concede a lot of shots and an opportunity for Leaf and Chappers from a set piece by the look of it. Let's, we've, we've some names mentioned in the chat already. There are, there are some talented individuals in this Norwich team. Perhaps, again, a bit of a summary there in terms of good individuals but maybe not Akira as a 11 um, but some players to watch out for Seb give us some names yeah the three I'd pick out that really kind of I like you know Gabriel Sara is the main guy I think 10 million quid signing from the Brazilian league he can either play central midfield or as a number 10 he's got five goals and eight assists so far this season he's kind of dropped back into a more kind of number eight position in the last few weeks he's a player I really like he's one they will have to you know fight off suitors for I would imagine probably in January but certainly next summer if they don't end up going up Jonathan Rowe was the the big hope at the start of the season, wasn't he? He kind of I think he scored four in his first five games of the season. Uh, no, sorry, he scored five consecutive games, including League and Cup, at the start of the of the year. He's got eight goals and one assist so far. He'll be a big threat on the counter. He's quite quick. He's been a bit gobby today on Twitter, um, which I'm not quite sure why you would do Error. that. Yeah, very much so. Um, so one to look out for him up against either Brandon Williams or Harry Clark. Kenny McLean is a player who, you know, we, we kind of remember him as a central central midfielder. They've got a bit of an injury crisis at the back, so he's dropped into the, the back line in recent weeks. He will look to get involved throughout the game. Averages 78 touches per 90 minutes. So that's like, you know, that's Morsey levels of touches in the game. So he'll really look to pick the ball up off the goalkeeper and look to, to move it forward. Adam Eder is the number nine, given that Ashley Barnes has been out injured. And since he's come back, he's playing slightly more withdrawn almost as a almost as a 10 uh Eda's got six goals so far this season and Ashley Barnes is back in the side after his injury and he's got three goals so far this season but the ones to watch are Sarah uh and uh, and Jonathan Rowe is the the kind of attacking hopes uh and um and I think Kenny McLean is the one that makes them tick yeah I think uh, Rob has mentioned here slightly worried about Sarah Rowe and also Barnes as I think he'll do some shit housing I think will, that's yeah. I think there's there's definitely some characters in there. Obviously, Hernandez, we haven't mentioned as well, likes to talk, likes to chat about us. Um, and I'm not sure. Well, I presume he would have started on the left, but given the fact that Borgia signs, 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 given the fact that you don't signs, watch F1, Carlos signs. No, I don't. 
given the fact Borja Sainz scored that goal last night, I presume he'll get the nod on the uh, uh, on the on the left hand side of their attack. Yeah, yeah. Adam Eder's a strange one as well. I remember him breaking onto the scene, kind of Mika Richards style. Never really kind of hit, you know, good numbers as a striker. Obviously, physical and you know, kind of an impressive stature, but it doesn't feel like a twenty goal a season type striker. And maybe he doesn't need to be, perhaps. Um, but there is, you know. Ashley Barnes as well on Sheffield Wednesday game needs a couple of chances before he puts one away and you know, maybe Rowe and Sarah a little bit more um, clinical when they get the sights of goal, but they're obviously playing out wide, so they're not going to get them. So I think maybe that's that's a factor there as well in, in not converting some of their chances. Um, but yeah, going to be interesting. Um, Liam Gibbs has been mentioned in the chat. Num- Norwich is number eight, Seb, but hasn't really featured this season. And I think missed a chance against Preston, Preston to win it. Yeah, missed a sitter, didn't he? Running onto it, centre of the... I think it was around the... Was it around the penalty spot? Side-footed it wide. Yeah, he's made four starts so far this season. Eight, uh, sorry, 11 appearances overall with, with subs. No goals, no assists. I think he's described as... Um, kind of, you know, he's 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 a solid, a solid central midfielder, but he's he's not about flair and he's not one to really get you off your seat. Yeah, Jason, you're mentioning worried about 30-yard worldies. They do, yeah. Signs obviously scored a, a long range. I don't think it was 30 yards. but it wasn't 30 yards, no. About 80 no, well, on the was, edge of the D. Huang scored a decent one at, at Watford, didn't he? Um, that was a pretty tidy goal. But um, he's he's one of many, Seb, who is injured, and including Josh Sargent, a big miss for them as well. Yeah, I guess he was the main guy you'd you'd kind of build your 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 attack around this season. They they signed him when they were in the Premier League. wasn't amazing up at that level, but yeah, he got a um uh, what was it an Achilles injury in at the start of the season in August and not featured since. He is due back. They said Christmas time. I think this game will come too quick for him, but his return is kind of imminent. And I guess the old cliche he'll be like a new signing for them in in January. They've got a couple of other injuries as well. Ben Gibson's been out since the end of October with a metatarsal. Again, due back around the Christmas period, but this game's probably likely to come too soon for him. Grant Hanley, I think he's the club captain still, hasn't featured since April. He got an ACL against uh, against Blackburn and hasn't, hasn't made the comeback yet. And you mentioned Huang, who's on loan from Forest. He's got a hamstring injury. So again, he's one of those in the kind of Christmas to New Year brackets. This game, in theory, hopefully, should come slightly too soon for them. Someone in the chat has asked who the referee is. It's referee Josh Smith. And I'm just trying to type and find out his stats, but I think he might have ref three of our games this season and we've won them all, but I might be wrong. So oh, someone signs. If, if like someone gorgeous can do me, signs. If someone, if someone could do some uh, research in the chat, that would be very much appreciated. But yeah, it is um it's Josh Smith. Um we mentioned Liam Gibbs there, Seb. I mean other famous players to have crossed the border. Um Alan Lee, Andy Marshall, Clive Baker, if people want to go back there are many, many more. Um, but it generally doesn't work out, does it? Jordan Rhodes, yeah, was the last one, I think. He played on loan there, didn't he? Yeah. It never really works out, does it, for the, at least against us. Um, it's, it's just never mix the counties. Don't mix the counties, do you? Um, let's, let's, we've talked about them lot for far too long, Seb. Let's uh, give us your kind of uh, your last thought and, or your start of the week or whatever you want to call it. Just one thing I noticed, um, they are second in the league for conceding penalties. They've conceded four so far this season, which is the second highest behind, I think, Sheffield Wednesday. And we are sixth for touches in the opposition box. So through the, the the power of science and maths, we will spend a lot of time in their box and they're quite good at giving away penalties. So maybe we'll see one this weekend. Yeah, well, we, we're overdue one, aren't we? Um, hopefully it is oh, a one. one this, oh yeah, of course we had one. one the, um, yeah, Just one. Um, oh, Brandon Williams is a is a... Yeah, that's more recent, but 
um, mitigating circumstances there. We'll talk more about him in a second. Peter Morris, lots of big names coming up here. Um, Ian Crook says, Romeo. Uh, yes. Uh, briefly. Held the shirt, didn't he? Um, whatever happened to him. Lives near in Australia with Ben, I think. Um, let's do some plugs before we talk about us, and then we'll do predictions as well. As you said, we're um, delighted to be in partnership with the Greyhound. They are open from 10 o'clock on Saturday, pre-match. Head to the Greyhound. Um, hopefully, a few of you will get a freebie breakfast bap on us. But if not, breakfast baps are available. Um, they're not tainted or spoiled or in, in any way. So, And they won't have any marmite, marmite anywhere near them marmite, as well. Marmot. Marmot, marmot Duke. So, yeah, head down to the Greyhound. Get involved there. I'm sure plenty of Blue Monday um, people will be there, Telegram folks as well. So um, head down there flagship show will be back on sunday hopefully in boy mood like we were on tuesday after watford ben's in the host chair i think it's me and dave so it's a hat-trick ball for me this week um so that'll be good a lot of team members awol and we will confirm what we're doing next week seb's can't do leads disloyal sack seb for can't even do the research sorry joining in in fun that excludes his employer so we'll confirm what's going on there he is ben's here i knew he'd turn up at some point ian crick lives with me in the harry potter cupboard um Yes, there you go. Uh, don't, I don't know anything about Harry Potter. That's gone whoosh straight over my head. So yeah, um, flagship on Sunday. And thank you for your continued support, everyone. Appreciate the super chats that we've had already tonight. Thank you for those. The thumbs up, very much appreciate as well. We see you, Jason, over on Facebook as well. Please do give us a thumbs up. If you're listening, we appreciate those who listen on podcast as well. Do give us a five-star rating and a review as well. We very much appreciate that. And over on our socials, over our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, we are doing a giveaway. We've activated price tier number two. So we are moving up to BM merch of your choice, but we want to give away an Ipswich Town shirt. So do subscribe and do get involved in that giveaway. We'll announce the winner next weekend for that as well. So we want to give away a town shirt. Um, help us make that happen. Let's talk about Ipswich, Seb, because five changes midweek. Uh, there's there's kind of debates about individuals, really, isn't there? It's kind of Clark v. Williams, Wolfenden v. Tuanzebe, Luongo versus Taylor, Burns versus Hutchinson, Broadhead versus Harness. Some of these are easier to, navig- easier to navigate than others. Give us your thoughts in the chat. Um, what are your, what's your config? I would return to what's probably the traditional strongest starting eleven. So I'd have flagging go. I'd bring. I'd, I'd keep Clark. I think he's been okay in recent weeks and deserves the shirt. Williams has just looked slightly off it. And as me, Craig, and Mikey debated on the flagship show last Sunday, we probably do trust Clark slightly more from a disciplinary kind of point of view. Because if Williams plays, the fans and the Norwich players are going to look to wind him up and make him snap. So I would keep Clark there. I'd bring Wolfie back in, being a local lad. I'd have him back in alongside Burgess, Davis, no brainer, Morsey and Luongo central midfield field no brainer and then i would return to the the so-called big guns so burns back on the right chaplin remaining as the 10 i'd bring broadhead back in i know he's not been great recently but he is a home player and he's a big occasion player isn't he you know the two goals against port vale at the end of last season when we needed is kind of dragging out of the the mud a little bit barnsley away you know he's a player that can really look to to get things going and obviously hurst no brainer up front for me so yeah wolfie back clark back burns back broadhead back that's what i would do what about yourself? Yeah, exactly right. I think a few people said, uh, Neil says it here, back to the normal 11. Yeah. The great thing is Wolfenden had, has had a night off uh, on Tuesday. Broadhead played 30-odd minutes, I think, as yeah. well. So it should be yeah. fresh as well. So that's that's really worked in our favour. Burns as well. Um, yes, came on, but didn't play the whole game. He's coming back from injury. Um, and what's great is that, uh, a subject from something from McKenna that we haven't already heard, 
you know, team of uh, full part from Lee Evans. We've got no real major doubts, have we? we yes, Sam Orsi's running the gauntlet, but frankly, if you're going to get booked, get booked hacking down someone from Norwich, frankly. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how he deals with that one. And Hurst, I think this is going to be a game for Hurst for me. I'm really excited to see what he can do. And it's really, really lovely, you know, really nicely poised, not lovely, really nicely poised in this uh, ahead of the weekend. Uh, let's get to predictions. Well, we, I can't put it off any longer. Get your predictions in the chat. Um, interesting predictions or predictions with working will put you in the running for a breakfast bap at the Greyhound on Saturday. So there's your incentive. Uh, back to usual for you, I'm afraid, Seb. Um, but an excellent debut week from Ben from the Telegram group. We are uh, equal scoring on 13. And important to note that you and I predicted a draw at Borough. Ben predicted a win, and that actually got him over the line. He would have lost out otherwise. So uh, Ben's got pedigree for predicting Ipswich matches. We're, good, we're clutching at straws, perhaps. So something to bear in mind when I put up on the screen what's going to happen. Before if you've predicted get... anything other than Ipswich win, I'm going to be really disappointed in you. Well, I, I don't want to disappoint you, so I won't. <laughs> Let's have a look everywhere else first, Seb, because there are some interesting games. Coventry are improving, and they are away at Leeds. Um, we say that, they lost to Birmingham last night. Uh, no, they didn't. Cardiff lost to Birmingham on Wednesday night. Did they? What did Coventry, I think it was Coventry won, didn't they? I thought Coventry lost to Birmingham. No, Birmingham Maybe beat I've imagined Cardiff. Oh, Birmingham I've definitely imagined beat Cardiff, yeah. Right. It's been a love. This is my fourth show in a week. It's, it's yeah, my mind. Oh, it's it's same gone. here. I'm pressing all the buttons as well. Don't you give me all that. Woo! You're getting a week off next week as well. I am just checking, just in case I'm part right. time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Car- it was Birmingham Cardiff. Well done. Don't what know what I'm talking about. Nonsense. What did Coventry do? Don't know. I've turned my phone off now. Oh, for goodness sake. Anyway, <laughs> we're not predicting Coventry to do us any favours, though. You're, you're I can't comfortable see. They, they ain't going to lose two on the bounce, are they? Let's be honest. You know, they'll, you're suggesting it might be a bit tight. I think it'll be pretty routine for Leeds. I think they'll uh, I think they'll be a bit angry after the Sunderland result, having seen us go 10 points clear. And Coventry might find themselves on the... Uh, on not, not a hammering, but I think that'll be pretty comfortable and pretty, pretty professional. Despite there being some... Uh, not uh, some surprising results here and there. We are not predicting anyone to do us any favours this week. We've gone for Leeds to win. We've gone for Southampton to beat Blackburn, um, despite Southampton having a little bit of a jewellery moment. We're predicting, um, despite Birmingham winning, who do they beat again, Seb? Was it Coventry? Oh. Yeah, brilliant. Um, despite Birmingham winning their first game under Rooney, I think it was, um, Leicester are there at the weekend and Ben's gone for a 4 0 Leicester win. Are you expecting it to be a bit, a little bit tight now, Birmingham? Now that you know Birmingham won, does that change anything? No, not for me. No, I think Leicester will go there and be pretty comfortable. I, I, Birmingham were were okay for twenty minutes against us, and then really dropped off. Rooney hasn't been able to get them going. Maybe the victory over Cardiff last night will start a little bit of a um, a bit of an upturn in form. But Leicester coming to town is an incredibly hard gig, so I, I can't see any favours from them. Fair dues, right? Let's talk about the main one then at the top of the screen. We're all predicting wins. Happy days. I did not disappoint Seb, but I'm going for a 3-2 and I'll tell you for why. I think it will be kind of a carbon copy of most of the games we've had. I think we will hopefully start like a train and I think they'll just nick a couple of goals here and there and it will be a standard kind of Portman Road performance. I can't see McKenna trying to change or tinker with anything. It will be process, 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 remove the emotion, do the job, win the match, 
Um, and I think Norwich have got talented players, and I think they've got players who might unlock some of our you know defensive frailties. But I think on paper we should win this one, and that's what I'm predicting. You think it'll be more comfortable? Ben thinks it'll be even more comfortable. He's going for a four-one. Um, you're going for a four-two. Yeah, they have goals in them, as we've discussed. You know, they do score goals on the road. They do concede goals on the road. I think they will look to use the likes of Rowe to hit us on a counter-attack. Um, so I think we will be susceptible to conceding. They looked really open to me last night against Sheffield Wednesday. I know it's a completely different game, and the old cliche is that that form goes out the window when it's a derby game. But I just, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's our time. I think at Portman Road, the, 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 atmos- the atmosphere is going to be incredible. The welcoming the coach thing will get everyone up and you know going for it the 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 stadium's gonna be like a cauldron and yeah if we can start quickly score early then yeah Yeah. i can see us i can see us scoring four but i think they will score a couple to be honest like like you do who who are you gonna um anoint with um great praise and i don't know what i'm saying who's who's gonna be a star you predict a a player who's gonna make an impact for us there I think Broadhead's going to return to form. I think Broadhead might well score. Like in this he's, he's had a few weeks off, obviously. When he gets angry, he tends to <laughs> smash tends one in. That. So ideally, you want yeah, you're going to want Jack Stacey to kick him in the first minute and wind him up, and then he's just going to unleash hell from 30 yards out. There you go. Prediction. Love that. Um, Sepp has shown some working, and maybe maybe I'll give him a Marmite breakfast bat. Um, Andreas, thank you so much for the super chat and Euros as well. Um, we appreciate you, Andreas, as well. Welcome back to the Telegram group as well. Great to have you with us. And thank you for supporting the podcast as you do. Um, one of the long-standing members of um, yeah, the Blue Monday crew. So we love you, Andreas. Thank you so much for that. Um, here we go then. Let's see what the chat has to say. Jamie is going for a 5-1. Chappers hat trick. I'm going to translate that as um, we have got 2-0 from Romeo. Hutchinson second half double. Bit of squeaky bum in the first half there from Romeo. Um a lot of support, Nick, um, Nick agreeing with your best 11 stance as well. Um, what else have we got here? It's always a game for her, says Alex. Yep. Um, 3 1. It's a popular score in the derby under Majorton, I think that, if I'm right. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm liking that one from Nick. Um, Beren uh, will have a Wolfie goal on his 150th game. And I think if we score, uh, the stat man said it's our 5,000th goal in our history i think he said okay i think i've got that right uh, we're all hoping for a harry clark thunder from yeah thunder well, bastards you can yeah, say yeah. it with 58 minutes three nil from eric two nil from david hch going three one as well i like the three one now actually uh, roy's matching with three two uh, colin's gone full names here three nil he's going for uh, steve whatever team will put out it'll be superior to theirs he says no fear and i'm normally cautiously pessimistic um Scum go one nil up, then we batter them four one. Says Skip. Um, Neil also going for a four one. Dominique matching me with a three two three one. A lot of three ones. Here's Chris. He wants a breakfast bat. Six three for Chris. Uh, Luke's going four one. Um, here's Mark. I don't see you getting any points off Leeds and Leicester. Light. Um, Mark, who who's your team? Let us know who you support. Um, we will. No one expected to guess get points at Borough or Watford or Sunderland. Um, and along came Ipswich. So uh, Kiel's going for a 4-1, Rob 5-1, 3-1. Michael, surely we are due a hat-trick from someone. Quite right, it's been a while. Um, Ashley's going 3-1 as well. Nick 6-1. Alex Broadhead scores from miles out. Chapman scores from a low corner to to the penalty spot. Hurst from the penalty spot. And then Luonga with the volley, 4-0. Nice working. Got 4-2. 
uh, from Mark. 5-1 from Ed. Chaplin double, Hurstbroid Ed, Taylor Thunderbastard. Uh, we haven't talked about Taylor off the bench, you think, Seb? Is, is yeah, it's a moment I, for I unleashing something? I would. I'd have, yeah. Sarah will probably play in central midfield for them, so I'd want him controlled. And I think just, you know, Morsey and Luongo have that great understanding. We, we saw Luongo was really looking to get, he was really getting back to form, wasn't he, before that suspension at Middlesbrough away. So him and Morsey have been absolutely phenomenal for the last 11 months of their partnership. So yeah, I'd bring him in and look to really control that central midfield and keep Sarah quiet because he will hurt us. Matt's provided a prediction, um, but he knows why I'm not putting that on the screen. Um, but thank you, Matt. Nevertheless, I appreciate the contribution to the chat. Um, you'll, and you can you know why. Um, uh, we love you, appreciate you, but we're not going to put that one on the screen. Just positivity is what we want. 6-0 says, Mullet, there we go. Hurst times two. Harness. Morsey Broadhead Burns. I'm loving the work in six ones. Yeah. Five says FBL. Um, five nil them. Yeah. Ipswich five, them nil. First half hat trick from Hurst. Two for Broadhead. Oh, it's Matthew it's style. 97 all over again. 2-0, 3-1 from Tim. Chaplin Attrick. Yeah, here we go. Uh, one all for Coventry Southampton. Maybe there. Um, yeah, good shout from Mullet. Challenging Rich on Coventry results, Seb. Brave. Um, Brian from Auckland, New Zealand. Um, he's going 3-1. Ipswich, I thought it was New Zealand 3, Ipswich 1. That was a, it's a totally different game there. Maybe a, a Boxing Day game. 3-0. We've got Birmingham drawing with Leicester, Rooney Revolution. Um, yeah, so lots of stuff here. Thank you, everyone. Um, overwhelming positivity, Seb. And and, and here's Sam um, representing Norwich. So um, give us your prediction as well, Sam, if I haven't put it up already. But yeah, um, Sully's here as well. There we go. Everyone, for, uh, yeah. Lots of good chat. Thank you, folks, for getting involved. And there's Tim. He wants a he wants a bat, doesn't he? There you go, Tim. Good to have you with us. Um, thank you, everyone, for your predictions. Uh, we will come back. Well, Seb won't be back next week because he's work shy. Um, but we'll see how he gets on next week. We're in the home straight. If you want to shout out, if you want to get a rallying cry, if you want to get a prediction, now is the time. Thank you, everyone, if you've made it this far. We appreciate your good numbers, um, unsurprisingly. So thank you so much for joining us on a Thursday night. Uh, come and join us on Sunday, flagship show, hopefully with some positive stuff to talk about. If you can't make the game, join us in the Telegram group, two-week free subscription, uh, two-week free trial, sorry, subscription, subscription, thereafter slow it down rich slow it down so perfect time to get involved in the telegram group over christmas do get involved in our giveaway over on our socials ipswich township up for grabs and greyhound pre-match get yourself a marmite breakfast map or others are available 10 a.m the greyhound opens get involved there and um do support itfc fans supporting food banks itfc women on sunday 1 p.m kickoff all good stuff. Um, Seb, I'm going to put some comments on the screen. You can do your your usual summings up and all that kind of stuff. But when you say thank you to C London, um, tell us who you are, C London, but we appreciate you in the Super Chat. Thank you, everyone, for Super Chats tonight. Please don't forget to give a thumbs up and a subscribe as well. But thank you very much. Um, a good way to sign off. Um, Seb, over to you. Thank you for everyone for getting involved. You know, this 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 show and this chat wouldn't be the same without the energy provided by you guys. So huge thank you for that. We said on the opening of the evening that it's a bit of a weird one tonight. You know, we do all this research and we we try and pay respect to the opposition. It's a bit more difficult tonight given our, you know, 30 years for me. 40 years for you of, uh, of of kind of rivalry against them we try and paint the opposition in a, in, a, in a bright light we try and kind of you know give you a reason to go away and discuss them but all that said i'll take my unprofessional i'll take my professional hat off Ooh, for a minute and veneer. just say 
at half 12 on Saturday, smash them to fucking pieces. <laughs> Thank you. I wish we could end on that, but we've got to follow the normal format. So there you go. We'll clip that on your podcast. Um, I'm going to give some baps out. I'm going to give out three now because everyone has been super generous to us. Um, what we got here. I think John, I quite like Kylian Mbappe from John. Um, so John, if you're at the Greyhound, come and find us. We'll, we'll give your name to, um, to Dan and the folk behind the bar. So that'll be sorted, but otherwise come and find us. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Richard, if you're going there as well, I enjoyed your, um, your Norwich historic uh, enjoyment, the most tensest, most joyous games. That's what it's going to be about, hopefully, on Saturday. So, Richard, um, there's a Greyhound breakfast bat waiting for you as well if you come down on Saturday. Um, and what else have we got? I've got a... Oh, I'll let you pick the last one, Seb. I've gone for three. There's, it's between three. Um, Barons and his Wolfie 150th, uh, gold on his 150th, or Chris for his 6-3, or Tim for his 9-0. Or oh, let's... Dominique in the mix as well with insert Ted Lasso positive comment here. <laughs> uh let's give it to uh let's give it to Tim for the 9-0. Tim, if you're around on on Saturday, pop in and there's a breakfast bat waiting for you. Thank you, everyone who got involved in that. Uh, we made no commitment, so hopefully no one's upset about that. And um, frankly, if you come and find us, I'm sure one of Seb or I will buy you a pint as well. So thank you everyone for getting involved. If as a combo, we don't see you before Christmas. Thank you from both of us for your support for the pre-match show. We will obviously be back at some point, probably in January, but we'll do some stuff over Christmas, I'm sure. So um, thank you, everyone, for getting involved. As we say, like this is all about you guys as well. So hopefully we've given you some insights there. But as said, Sebs, you know, it's, it's about us this weekend. Hopefully we've got plenty going in our favour. Uh, get noisy, get loud get behind the boys. Thank you everyone for joining in. We'll hopefully see you on Sunday and um, Seb, I'll see you in the Greyhound for your Marmite bap, you weirdo. And um, until then, everyone, come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.